2: Este es el de la Ciudad Mágica de Miami
0: This is Magic City Soccer
2: This is Magic City Soccer, your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County Hello soccer fans of South Florida and beyond and welcome to our show uh, A lot to digest, a lot to process today uh, A big focus on the NASL semifinal which took place this weekend uh, Before we get to that, let's, uh, m- let's meet who we're talking to tonight uh, First off we got Omar Mubayad on the line Omar, how you doing?
0: Somber, but good up
1: but good. Man, it's a good way to put it.
2: Uh, Drew Hausman, how you doing?
1: Doing great, man. Classic NASL finish to a classic NASL season.
2: <laughs> so uh, let's dive into uh, that NASL season for the Miami FC. Uh, it all came crashing to a halt Sunday night. Uh, I think something that a lot of people were dreading, um, facing the Cosmos in the semifinal. Um kind of came down to the the last couple of games who would make get into the playoffs The cosmos did of course because that's what happens in the nasl uh and then the cosmos come to ricardo silva stadium and play to a 120 minute scoreless draw and then win and penalty kicks six five because that's what the cosmos do they win and they advance to the finals um So a lot to process, but let's talk about the game first. Before we get to penalties, before we talk about what the ramifications are reflecting the season, let's actually talk about the game. Uh, And let's start with Omar. Omar, what did you see from that game Sunday night? Uh,
0: A lot of missed opportunities, really, for both teams. Uh, I think both teams were this equal mix of rusty, but also sharp. Uh, A lot of the passing was very crisp. A lot of the uh, you know, the connections in between the players, not only for Miami, but for the Cosmos as well, was crisp. Everybody on the field had the idea of how they wanted to execute their game plan. However, the finishing was poor on both sides. Um, you had, you know, Miami FC blowing a shot over the bar with Pino missing a shot in the 12th minute that could have changed the game. Um, you also had, you know, some just miscontact shots on net that just don't. You, sorry they have no pace behind them um and we got rather lucky Miami FC got rather lucky with the Cosmo strike in the woodwork uh, a couple times there so that's really kind of the way I would put that game to be it was rusty but it was sharp it was just a weird game both teams I think kind of uh tried to instill their game plan on each other and it was like this happy medium of we'll give you some but we're also going to take if that makes sense Drew what do you think
1: yeah, I mean it it's no surprise after watching maybe like thirty thirty, forty minutes of that game. I mean, obviously Miami was the the stronger team in the first half, um, and the Cosmos were a bit stronger in the second, but if you look at the stat line it's 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 pretty much dead even for both teams. Um, I think it was kind of a, a shock that uh Uh, Poku didn't start, but I guess what people were saying or from what they were saying is that maybe he had a bit of a back injury and didn't start off the game, but I can't tell um, you, uh,
0: reported by the team was that, yeah, he picked up a knock, uh, during training that week and was left off the starting 11, uh, in hopes that they didn't have to use him for the finals.
1: Yeah. Uh, but I mean, even when he came on, it, uh, it wasn't a big difference big difference maker at that point in the game and um i think we were a lot more dominant in the first half we saw a lot more chances um going our way but uh i think uh cosmo was definitely adjusted uh defensively and offensively and, and had the better second half and by the by the time it hit the uh extra time uh it looked like both teams were pretty much smoked and uh, their conditioning was way off and you know you got everybody stretching out but uh towards the end it uh Definitely looked like the PKs were coming on, which they did, but uh, yeah, not not a lot of action in the uh, extra time, but uh, we got Cosmos in the end of it.
2: Yeah, I, I have to say, I think the game was, <clears throat> I, I mean, I'm in the understatement of the century, it was really disappointing, uh, and, and not only the loss, I'm actually talking about the game itself. It was a disappointing match, and if you felt confident going into that penalty shootout, well then, you, that's one, because uh you know i i know i did and i don't i don't imagine most people did cuz this is what the cosmos do they survive in advance they win and this team uh which had such a good run of play in the spring and even though there were so couple of setbacks in the fall season you kind of dismiss that by saying oh well they had already locked up their their you know their playoff spot and they still won the fall season too won the combined t- title as well you would figure they would have enough to score a goal in the semifinal. One. And I know Jimmy Maurer is remarkable. He's a remarkable talent that the Cosmos have. Um, but you can't put one past him. One would have won. One was enough. Uh, because Indio Vega was doing a great job. The back line where there, there were a couple of shaky moments. They bended, but they did not break. Uh, but you can't put one past them. That's <laughs> to me, the most disappointing aspect of the entire night is that you know seven thousand people came out, whatever the attendance number was. You know this build-up for this game that basically we had had circled since July. Um, this huge event for the club, and you're shut out over a hundred and twenty minutes. To me, that was a, that was when that game ended. I you know I had to say, oh, I knew it, I knew it. But when when you can't put a goal past in one hundred twenty minutes at home. As the number one seed, as the spring-fall combined title winners, if you can't do that, you're not going to win in the penalties. It's just not, not going to happen for you. It's not your day. You didn't come out with the best that you could have brought.
0: Is it a fair assertion to say, though, that looking at the track record over the last two years of this club, that this should have been what was expected? Because... It seems like every time that there's a big crowd, with the exception of, of Atlanta United's Open Cup match, yes. the the team doesn't, it underperforms. It either underperforms or it gets hit with a massive weather delay.
2: Yes, I thought the same exact thing. Of course this was not a winner. Of course they did not win because it was a big event. And the the club, it, what, like you said, it's not always the team's fault. Uh, you know, the Fort Lauderdale strikers to start the... Uh, spring season last year a great example that whenever something can go wrong uh, to like spoil a big event for, in front of a lot of people, it does go wrong. Um, you know, like you said, the one exception at home being the Atlanta game, which thank goodness, I mean, what a remarkable moment, but man, there's a long track record of big crowds coming out and just kind of getting a, a stinker.
0: And, and it, <laughs> really on top of that, what what irks me about this game is Yes, you would the game have been different with Quadro Poku in from the get go. Probably, probably I would probably say that you would have seen Miami have more quality in their chances created. But I think again, you know, you hate to keep harping back to it, but substituting Quadro Poku for I'm sorry, Vincenzo Ranella for Quadro Poku in the 71st minute. But was that the right person to take off the pitch? I mean listen, we can all be Captain Einstein, we can all sit here two days after the uh you know, after the game has been played and sit here and, and criticize and make analysis, but even in that moment, are you, was that the right change? I mean, more than likely you should have had, you know, a situation come in where, you know, if you wanna push the goal inside the ninetieth minute and you don't want to get a text tramp, maybe sub out Mars. But why sub out Vincenzo Renello keep that third striker in? Put in Poku, who, you know, listen, he may not be the most responsible defender uh, in terms of, you know, actually getting great tackles in, in good situations, but you, you could have played a different lineup. You, you could have asked Ranella to come back a little bit and then played the a 4-2-2-2. You know, it's just one of those things where it, it, it makes you really wonder and, and you kind of look back at it as, was that the right change at that time?
1: I yeah, I would say, say you know, that you know I want to see Vincenzo stay in because <laughs> he had some good passes in the first half, but uh, you know another Nesta-ish decision, and then you had Martinez coming on uh, later on. I mean, yeah, like you were saying, a bunch of things could have went on different. Uh, well kind of? I think the most frustrating part for me was uh, when uh, Michel came on at the towards the end. And then he missed the first uh penalty opportunity, which has kind of been his specialty is like been free kicks. He hasn't played much all year, but to see him miss the first penalty shot, <laughs> I was like crying in the stands. So we're just we're just skipping
0: yeah. the entire exercise. I mean, he was, Drew is saying it's not even worth it. Those thirty minutes were garbage. We're not gonna talk about them. Let's just go straight to the penalty kicks. And yeah, well I, I mean, mean I, I don't disagree. I think a I lot think of the players thought the same.
2: From... From... Yeah, I don't think there was there was there was much of a reason to talk about it. It was a thirty minute Exercise in futility. I, I, uh, I
0: mean, I would beg to disagree, only because you had Starkov just have a shot that was just should have been penned for the back of the net for the Cosmos in the ninety seventh minute, and then you also had, with probably just a few minutes left in the game, uh, Jimmy Mar making the butt save, sitting on a shot by uh, by Blake Smith and, and Blake Smith, that, right, yeah. and not allowing that ball to go in because that ball would have been hitting the back post and in the net, uh, but his butt cheek. Managed to graze the ball just enough uh, to bring it to a stop.
2: I will say, I uh, the exercise Golden of butt. utility minus that moment of creation from Blake Smith. That was really good play. He, he and he largely did it himself. Uh, so I will ex- excerpt him from the rest of that. But for for thirty minutes, I didn't see much of anything captivating from Miami FC. And and the shot that you're referring to, what um, was you know uh, well crafted and. And, and you know, Miami FC was lucky to not go one nil down. But I would say, by and large, it was not a uh, up and down, uh, you know, oh, no, no by competitive any thirty minutes. No, I no, think no. it was you know, players who were from New York in November playing in like eighty some degree weather, and Miami FC just not really having any much of anything left. I, I don't. I don't. I think that the the the, the juice had been squeezed uh from the lemon here um there, there wasn't much <laughs> there wasn't much left but uh, on the part of either I team I agree with you 100% uh, again
0: minus Blake Smith I agree with you 100% and and you saw that when you had about at least 6 or 7 minutes of of wasted time uh now I wouldn't want to say wasted but time that should have gone towards injuries and then at the end of the first half of extra time you had 1 minute in stoppage time which of they pl- actually played about 10 seconds of. So yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> you could definitely tell that uh, there was, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You, there was definitely a level of exhaustion uh, on both sides, and, and including the roughs as well, I would probably go out and venture.
2: Yeah, there was definitely, especially that, because um, I timed the end of the 45 minutes, the end of the 90 minutes, the end of the first 15, and the, the end of the last 15 I think that uh, there was one minute uh, to end the first half. They played about 30 seconds. (laughs) There were three minutes uh, to end the the game. There were about uh, 250. And the first half of extra time and the second half of extra time both were, I think, one minute and played about 30 seconds. The second half of extra time didn't
0: even have stoppage time.
2: The board never went up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was ridiculously cut short. And not to say that would really make a difference. I'm not making – that would be the lamest excuse of all time. Uh, you well, had 120 minutes to score to score it. But, um, but yeah, that was definitely – the referees were eager to get on with the game.
1: We've seen it happen before once this season. I think we should have all the players get back on the field and finish the time, no?
2: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I forgot about that, that. Was it an open cut match?
1: I forget,
0: but
2: that was that oh, was too boy, ridiculous. That was bad. That was bad. Yes.
0: All right. So moving on into the penalty kicks, um, as you already alluded to, uh, Miami FC signed Michelle for one reason and one reason only, more than likely for his ability to convert from the spot. Uh, he was the leading goal scorer for Rio OKC last season. Yes, then now of fun to Rio OKC, um, and essentially, you know, he scored half his goals from the spot, and with the first. Uh, you know, with being the first penalty kick taker, you expected much, much more uh, from Michelle. And you can just see it from the run up. He, he was not there. He was not ready to take that penalty. And Mara came up big.
2: Yeah, I would say that, I mean, Mara came up big uh, in that penalty shootout. But I wouldn't even say there was much he had to do on that Michelle's attempt. It was bad. And, and you know, I don't know if. You know, uh, Drew, you mentioned. uh, I I may be taking away something you want to say in like two seconds, but you had mentioned the night of that. Morrow was kind of bouncing around on the run-up, and as a Liverpool fan, I will reference you know kind of the Bruce Grobler wobbly legs. Uh, strategy of just like moving to confuse the, uh, the the penalty taker. It looked like that's what Maurer was doing, and it looked like Michelle just got shook, just didn't know really what he wanted to do, didn't know really where to put it, and just rolled it. It didn't have any air under it. It was a, a very low shot, and, and that's not always the worst idea, but if it's going to be low, it's got to be fast and off to the side, <laughs> because if it's not, all the goalie has to do is dive and just lay there, and it will bump into him. Uh, And so it was tremendously disappointing, and I think from that point, uh, most Miami FC fans had an idea of the direction that this penalty shootout was going. I don't think they anticipated it was going to wind up going to round seven, Uh, but uh, I I think that we, we had an idea that, again, it wasn't going to be our night.
1: I was gonna say too and we we got a little lucky with the uh who is it uh, I think it was the one Guerrero shot that that uh that Vega ended up staying, but he just tried to go right down the middle. Oh man, let's go
0: one just, at a yes. time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to go one by one? You want to
1: relive all this? Yeah, let's
0: let's relive all this for the people who weren't there. Uh, and let's relive <sighs> the heartbreak here. And, and just a matter of... Okay, I
2: remember round one, round five, round seven. Yeah. Everything else is a blur. Well, I just want to point that out there. So if you want to talk about well, the, the goals guys, in round three. Yes,
0: you guys were on the far side of it. Uh, but it, yeah. it did happen. Which all I r-
1: thought was interesting. They decided to take it on the beer garden side.
0: Well, I think what happened was I think the Cosmos won the toss. And I think when they won the yeah. toss, instead of choosing uh... to go first or second, they chose to make them go on the beer garden side away from the brigade, which is a smart choice because going first or second, although there are advantages there in that aspect, going away from having probably 200 people just screaming profanities uh at the goalkeeper for incessantly for 25 30 seconds <laughs> at a time probably not your best decision uh also of note you know this is not the first time that michelle <clears throat> excuse me that michelle went up against jimmy marr last year he did convert from the spot against him so i guess uh jimmy marr got his payback for last season's uh penalty kick in that aspect um so right after michelle misses a Jose comes in and, and beats vega uh going high to the left hand side if i'm not mistaken in the second round poku calmly comes up and gets the job done and and so does the combos as zatella the combos the cosmos as zatella uh puts one in the back of the net uh martinez would come up to shoot for miami followed by jaime chavez and followed by stefano pino um All guys would convert and it would come down to the 10th shot. If the Cosmos were to make this shot, they were to win and as it was alluded to, they did not make the shot because (laughs) Juan Guerra did
2: what again? Right down the middle.
0: Panenka.
2: Yeah, the Panenka. I think I referred to it as the Rabona on Twitter, which I I know I mixed up my terms. That's when you cross your legs and hit it with the off foot. Uh, But the Panenka attempt on that last shot, I mean... That was uh, ballsy to attempt it, and it was ballsy of Vega to just wait for it because he felt it was coming. He had done it earlier in the penalty shootout. He had just kind of stayed where he was, and there were a lot of people in the brigade end I know who were like, pick a move, make a move, do something. He did make a move. He did pick something. He picked down the middle. He was 50-50 on it. One time he was wrong. One time he was right. Um, Man, that that was two guys... Who were strong in their convictions, man? Because if that, if if the the attempt goes either direction, Indio Vega is going to look like an idiot, and if the, the goalkeeper doesn't move, the the penalty taker is going to look like an idiot, and that's exactly what happened. To have the semifinal, <laughs> to have the final on your foot, and just to chip it, I mean that's that's some balls. I I, I don't think it's a bad idea. I don't think it's you know I I think it's. Just, if it's well taken, it's just like any other penalty shot because you have the same odds of the goalie diving off to the side and missing it. But, man, you look like a fool when it goes wrong.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's a difficult situation. And, and absolutely, all the risk uh, is on the penalty taker at that point because if you miss that and you lose your penalty shootout because of that situation, oh, man. But I guess in that case, if you're Juan Guerra, The risk is a little minimal because you know that even if you miss, you still go on uh, to sudden death in terms of shootouts. So, you know, yes, ballsy attempt and and credit for trying to do that. But also massive lack of respect for Vega's uh, goalkeeping abilities to try that on him. And like you guys mentioned, Vega looks shaky. Um, I will tell you that as soon as Vega uh, saved that attempt, I immediately jumped out of my press box chair stood on the chair and started high-fiving Miami FC uh, communications people behind me <laughs> in a in a sense of complete unprofessionalism uh, as Michelle Kaufman from the Miami Herald stared right at me and probably wondered, what the fuck is this guy doing? All right, so moving on to the sixth round, uh, Miami FC had Hunter Freeman come up, and a lot of people were questioning Hunter Freeman taking the penalty shot, but uh, he delivers, gets it low and left just outside the outstretched arms of Jimmy Marr, and of course, Lucky M. Casana. Uh, well, top right-hand corner makes Vega look bad. So, as of this point, Miami FC has basically exhausted most of the people that you would want taking the shot uh, from the penalty spot. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the only people really who were left to take this uh, to take a penalty shot would have been Blake Smith, uh, Richie—no, not Richie Ryan. Blake Smith, Michael Hood, uh, Rep Bernstein, Mason Trafford, and Daniel Vega. So, boys, Mason. So Trafford. you go
1: with Blake Smith, right? Uh,
0: yeah, maybe, maybe you do it. It depends. Uh, but Mason Trafford got the call, and the penalty attempt was not the best, for lack of better words.
2: Yeah, I mean it was unfortunate, but anytime you get down to your your seventh and eighth and ninth takers, you're gonna anticipate, you know, a mess up. Um, it just again you just had the feeling it wasn't going to be your night uh, you know and something actually came up by uh, Eric Ruiz uh, of the uh, Day Brigade it was I, I did not I was not aware of this conversation afterwards because it was with my wife um, but basically it pointed out that Indio Vega is a, a, a remarkably talented goalkeeper uh, who you know the Golden Glove winner from FC, not great at stopping penalties and <laughs> he's just not good at it I mean and, you know I think we've Lost to penalties. We we lost in the Open Cup last year on penalties to, the to Wilmington. Right? Am I wrong there? No, we did not. Did, no, no, they, no.
1: they killed. Yeah, us. Yeah, they, they
2: just they just beat us <laughs> straight up. But yeah. there was, I seem to have some sort of like a game coming down to penalties and and it not working out. Maybe that was just a single penalty near the end of a game. Um, but I, you know, someone had said, "Why aren't we shooting at this end?" And I, I had the recollection like. Well, it, I, I have a recollection of a lot of penalties just coming in at our faces, and they all go in the back of the net, so I don't think it really mattered all that much. Um, you know, I, again, not to like make everything Liverpool-y, but Simon Mignolet, who is Liverpool's goalkeeper, is of questionable quality. Uh, sometimes he can be very good, sometimes he can be very bad, but he's, he's probably a, a slightly above average uh, Premier League goalkeeper, but he's one of the best penalty kick savers I've seen. Like you know, better than Jersey Dudek, better than Pepe Reina. Like, he's just remarkable at it. it. It it's kind of different. It's just a different skill. It's very quick and impulsive compared to like positioning yourself and getting ready for it. And Diego Vega is very good at positioning himself and getting ready for shots from open play. When it comes to penalties, I think I've seen him save two over the course of the last two years, to maybe two or three. Um it it it's it's not his strength. Um so you, you kind of got the feeling, unless there was something like uh, the Panenka, that the save may not come. And we got the one save, but then after that it was going to take another kind of mistake for the Cosmos to put Miami FC back in it, and instead we made the mistake first.
0: I mean, let's be fair also to, to Daniel Vega. Uh, being in a situation where you have to stop a penalty... Really, the odds are always in the shooter's favor. Well, it doesn't matter what sport we are talking about, whether we're talking hockey, whether we are talking soccer, which I believe are the only two sports that have some kind of penalty shootout. Um, it, it, it's just not in your favor. It really isn't. And to my knowledge, I cannot remember other than the stop on the Panenka where Daniel Vega in the last two years has stopped the penalty. Uh,
2: I, yeah, I was being generous because I assumed <laughs> that I might have missed one. But when I said two or three, it's very possible it's one. That's entirely yeah, possible. Yeah, I, I don't think so, I
0: don't think I remember that at all. But let me let's put it this way: uh, as you alluded to in a second, and we'll talk about it in just a few minutes. Um, Daniel Vega did earn top goalkeeper award, uh, the Golden Glove, uh, for the NASL in 2017. So go figure if there's one thing he's bad at and it's penalty kicks which is usually something that you do not see hardly ever in soccer outside of international competitions you know go figure uh that's the way the cookie would crumble
2: Yeah, I don't mean to say like I just to be very clear, I mean considering like Look back at my record. Like, I've made clear that Indio Vega is th- kind of the most important cog to this whole Miami FC machine, even last year when they were losing 4-0. And all of us, in fairness, were insisting he was the man of the match. Correct. Because it should have been 8 or 9. So I, I do want to make it very clear. I'm not going after uh, Vega's... No, but nobody thinks you are. ...goalkeeping skill. I- I just to be- Just to be double clear... Yeah, he's just, it's not either he's been really, really unlucky and maybe all his penalty saves came earlier in his career and he's just, he's ran out of luck on it or he's just in a bad stretch or whatever. But yeah, it's just he, he can't catch a break on those. And when it came down to penalty kicks, it just, you had that kind of sinking feeling that, well, our luck better turn, or that specific luck better turn, or else our goose is cooked.
0: Here, I will tell you at this moment, right now, as I pulled up the statistics on Miami FC's website, uh, as you were rambling, zero penalty saves throughout the season. I don't believe he saved one last year. Uh, so there you go, zero zero penalty saves in the last two years. And this is the guy that played five years at Argentinian powerhouse River Plate. So um, you know, be that as it may, he probably did save a few uh, you know penalties during his seventy six starts for River Plate, but in the Miami FC kit, not so well yeah all right so as you can imagine as we talked about and our mood uh yes starkov <laughs> would come up and make the final penalty kick uh with a really which it was a decent shot uh by starkov um and sent York cosmos on a cross-continental trip uh to san francisco to play in the nasl finals and in Go figure, right? The team that's been rumored to fold will be hosting the NASL uh, title match. And as I was made aware, there are a lot of Miami FC staff that have to make that trip to California to watch that game because of the awards being presented uh, to members of the club. Go figure. That's kind of Oof,
2: That sucks. That's (laughs) a long, sad flight, man. That's a bummer.
0: Well, here's to hoping they fly JetBlue with at least a
1: comfortable television and great snacks.
2: Yeah right. Get some of those true blue points. Um, Remember, when
1: booking on JetBlue, use your promo code
0: Magic City Soccer (laughs) for for one percent off your flight. (laughs)
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, so let's. I guess we've kind of talked this game piece by piece. Let's talk about the bigger picture and, and how you look back on the season. It's it's so difficult because I think going into the season, if you had told us exactly what happened back in March you would have been very happy with it but sitting here now having been knocked out in the semi-final not even getting to the final it's hard to not have a bit of a, you know a real dark lining on this silver cloud instead you know instead of it being a silver lining on a dark cloud it's it's a real bummer especially to the Cosmos losing to the Cosmos <laughs> just sucks and you know and, and and drew as you you mentioned like losing to jacksonville would have been awful too uh in its own unique way but man the cosmos you just get the feeling they're gonna go to san francisco and win i don't need you know it's just they're, they're gonna win it and because that's what happens and and just that's it and and there's no i don't need soccer reasons i don't need to break down the game it's just the cosmos are gonna go to san francisco and win and of course because they're gonna that's, sneak in. that's the how the nasl works that's how the nasl works you know it's the the, an adaptation, of the English saying that soccer is twenty-two guys on a field kicking a ball around for ninety minutes, and then the Germans win. Well, in the case of the NASL, it's ninety minutes, and then the Cosmos win. That's how it works, and it just sucks. It just, the whole what if thing this whole just, time
1: the NASL was like a prank, and like the Cosmos were really the globe trotters, and <laughs> yeah. we were just like a hyped-up Washington Generals, and like we didn't know it? Nah, yeah, man, this yeah. Is it's the
0: all... Cosmos And friends league. Remember, so if it's the Cosmos <laughs> and friends league, the Cosmos need to win.
2: Yeah. So yeah, the 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 Miami FC can go out and win the all the regular season titles and all that. Um but yeah, the Cosmos win in the end. Just sucks.
1: It's it's kind of the other frustrating too thing too like what with happened with the Open Cup is where you you advance, you beat two MLS teams. Uh you beat Orlando in Orlando, then you beat Atlanta at home and then the rain as we were saying before, something bad always happens. Rain for the uh Cincinnati game. You get the replay, but the replay has to take however many weeks because you're scheduling conflicts, come back uh, off the split season, and then lose to Cincinnati in, like, the most boring game ever at home.
0: Oh, and, and mm. let's be real clear here. This is not a pity party and making
1: excuses. No, this, these are just fun.
0: Oh, no, these are the ways things come yeah. down. And yeah. while we don't Either have... way, I'm
1: saying this is a great season, and compared to last year, oh, my God, right. did we do amazing. And, oh, for <laughs> sure. and even though we don't
0: have 280 characters yet on Twitter, don't the he-
1: don't you dare
0: jump in our mentions and start trying to flame us with oh uh, pity party, bro. Miami FC lost. Weather problems. Yeah, bro. Nobody comes to games. No, nah, no, nah, man. You don't want that. Because once we get 280 characters, dude, oh boy, we're going to blow up your feet. We promise we're going to blow up your feet. <laughs> but no, it, it, in reality, though, that, that is the case. And it, and it was a season of highs and lows. And that's how I started the recap. You know, it's amazing that, you know, setting the NESL modern era record for points with, if I'm not mistaken, was 63 points? 61 points. 69 points. Ha ha, the magical number. 69 points. (laughs) Having 33... Nice. Having a 33 goal differential. Uh, Setting, I believe, the NASL modern record in combined standings for wins. Winning the fall and the spring, which had never been done before in a modern era. You set all these records. You had most goals for in a modern era, and Somehow, you get to the semifinal, and, and, and they blew it. It's You beat Orlando with a hat-trick from Pino. You destroy Atlanta United. You just play them. and uh, Maybe destroy is not a tough... No, fuck it. We're going to say destroy. You destroy Atlanta United. <laughs> one of the last yeah, I would say they destroyed
2: Atlanta. I mean, they destroyed Orlando and beat Atlanta. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's, the fine. Correct that, that's fine. That's fine.
0: It doesn't matter. And then yeah. what do you do? Cincinnati comes here, and you have a monsoon open up. And then Cincinnati comes back after a two-month layoff, essentially. Uh and they they get everything they asked for, and then they come in, and they park the bus, and then they play high press, and they park the bus again for another 70 minutes, and they walk out of here 1-0. And it was just, I don't know, man, if you're looking at, like, a headline to recap the season, it's almost like, although it was so great, this is a season of lost opportunities. You lost the opportunity to grow the brand by playing the Red Bulls, and hell, possibly beating the Red Bulls in the Open Cup. Um... You lost the opportunity to play for an NASL title and complete, you know, do you want to call it a treble, an NASL treble? I don't know what you want to call it, the fall, the spring, and the and, and the cup. You know, it's it's frustrating. It's a season of lost opportunity, although it was such a great season.
1: Well, at least we didn't lose in the first round to the Wilmington Hammerheads and got knocked out of the Open oh, Cup. So. Yeah, well, let's <laughs> hope there's a first
0: round for us to play in next season.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is, you know... um, like i like to get you know the the big picture for that that's kind of the thing i pride myself on i think in the big picture the whole reason why you follow a team and you support them there there are two reasons the first off is you want to win a championship um you want to see them win you want to see them succeed but in reality most teams won't do that in a year and maybe won't ever do that like in terms of just all sports like there are you know, if you're a fan of the San Diego Padres, you've been waiting since the '60s, and and really you've only gotten close once or twice. And so, what sustains you? What keeps you going? And it's those moments that you remember. It's those those things that stick in your brain. And the the first season of Miami FC, th- there were a few moments. You know, this the playing away at the Strikers and kind of digging out a draw, and you know that rain game, and 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 you know a couple of things that sustain you. But this year, there were those moments. There were those things that tie you in and connect you with the club. You know, if you made the trip to Orlando, that's going to be something you're going to remember forever. If you were at that Atlanta game, you're going to remember that Poku goal forever. You know, if you were marching to Cobb Stadium, you know, from Titanic, like, I mean, again, maybe I'm, I have a particular connection because I'm a UM guy, but th- that <laughs> will stick with you. You know, like that will sustain you. And it's... You can only be so mad. You know, I was, I was really bitterly disappointed Sunday night but I'm not mad about this team in this season you know again do I think that there could have been a a, a, I would hope there is a better effort that this team could have put together that they just didn't manage to yes I hope so for all of their sakes because I don't think any one of them is you know again if they had lost three three or four three or something that's different but to lose that way has gotta gnaw at them I can only imagine because it gnaws at me um I didn't play um but you can look back on this season and say even though it ended in disappointment it's in a dis- in an end it is a disappointment that you can criticize and say what the hell happened um at the same time i do think that there is enough uh there is enough that happened where you can look back and say yeah you know what this was a win this was a win of a season and there's lots of stuff that people will remember and honestly anyone who follows this league that think the deltas or the cosmos were the best team this year is deluding themselves did Miami FC put out their best effort Sunday night no are they going to be an ASL champions no you know it's not a case of not my champions you know it's someone else is going to be the league champion this year but the best team was Miami FC and to say otherwise is lunacy
0: yeah absolutely 100% And, and moving forward to some of the better news Miami FC did take two of the first three league awards offered down. Uh, As we mentioned before, Golden Glove for 2017 was awarded to Daniel Vega. Daniel Vega had a goals average against, or goals against average, I should say, sorry, of less than one goal per game. Managed to have about 15 clean sheets and make over 80 saves throughout the season, being the wall in the Miami FC backstop. Uh, So, congratulations again to Indio Vega. For the achievement being the best goalie or the best keeper in the NASL for the 2017 season. Um, And Stefano Pino won his second golden boot of his career in the NASL, which is a feat that is hard to accomplish, and he's well on his way to maybe being possibly uh, the all time NASL goal scoring leader with just a few more tallies, so congratulations to Stefano and Daniel Vega for their awards. In the third award that uh, was handed out today, uh, the NESL Fair Play Award went to North Carolina FC, so congratulations to the boys from Cary uh, for earning the Fair Play Award from the NASL. Uh, three awards that have still not been handed out include NASL Coach of the Year, which I'm assuming will be given out during the finals. The Young Player of the Year, which uh, Robert Baggio Casera was hopefully factored in for, and the NASL Golden Ball given to the league's MVP. All of these, for sure, will be announced either at halftime or after the final whistle of the 2017 NASL Finals.
1: I think the weird part with the uh, Golden Ball is we had so many freaking uh, good players that I think, what, we had four nominees on that category? Easily. So yeah. so the majority of people in uh, our supporters group or our fans are just going to vote for Miami players but end up being counterproductive. <laughs> we're like, yeah. the we one either. San Francisco guy, all the San Francisco guys are going to vote for him. So when I saw that voting, I was like, damn, we're going to just outvote each other.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it goes to think, show you, if you look at the top goal scorers of the league, you know, three of the top oh, yeah. five goal scorers are, are Miami <laughs> FC players. Uh, and then you have... If you look at assists, you know Miami FC is three of the top six assists. You know four of the top eight uh, in the league in terms of assist tallies. You know so it's it's Miami FC dominated the league in terms of points and hopefully you know Miami FC didn't cancel each other out or the Miami C faithful didn't cancel each other out and then allow somebody like I don't know Tommy Heinemann to win the Golden Ball award for the season. The caveman. Caveman. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so, like, you know, there's there's a lot to take away positive, you know, th- those awards. Indio Vega des- deserved it last year, in my opinion, even yes, though he, he gave up probably like 1,000 goals. It should have been 3,000. Um, and Pino, you know, I-, I know there are more than a couple people here that are a little partial to, uh, you know, Vincenzo Ranella, who's leading the goal. Uh, tally for a be- the better part of the year, but Pino is more than deserving of winning that because uh, he's you know it just seemed he scored a hat trick once every three or four games. Um, and when he scored, they came in burst. So it, it just it's a testament to what this team was capable of doing. And when, you, when you, you mentioned the the young talent, you know a name that we haven't mentioned in months, unfortunately because of the injury. But man, what if you know Robert Baggio Casera? is healthy and able to play the whole season. You know, what a young talent the team had been able to find and develop there. Um, you know, again, you hate to play what if after one game, considering the season was by and large so successful. But, man, that would have been really interesting.
0: It would have been interesting, but you also would not have seen Miami made a move for Alessandro Lomburgi because, you know, essentially you would have had Blake Smith and Casira splitting time at the left back. And, and it, it's rather weird seeing some of the vitriol that goes Blake Smith's way because he ended up being one of the more – Potent offensive guys uh for Miami FC. You know, yes, at the end of the day he's a natural midfielder. He's he's not a natural left back. He's not a natural defender. Uh but, you know, he contributed when necessary and he did a solid job throughout the year. So I think the vitriol towards Blake Smith needs to stop and it's it's unwarranted.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with you. <laughs> I would agree with you. You know, like I, I think that, you know, he's he is a, ext- a extremely solid player and You know, if you had 11 Stefano Pinos on the field in terms of that level of skill, you know, that'd be great. But, you know, Blake Smith does his job. By and large, Blake Smith usually does his job. And that's, you know, that's kind of all you can ask for, for the most part. Do you do what is expected of you? And he does it. Yeah, I I don't see, I never understand why there's that level of kind of uh, passion directed towards him in such a negative way.
0: I don't get it either, but that's a story for another day. Uh, Blake if you're listening we love you uh, definitely come on the show sometime next season so and your parents are
1: super nice <laughs> yes. what's up yes yes
2: that, they are that,
0: that they definitely are all right guys uh, moving on to the bigger picture here will there or will there not be a league next season we agreed prior to recording this episode that we would not spend a lot of time with this and we won't uh, the NASL has notably not been granted uh, their first injunction request by the second district court of new york where the judge found that there is not enough of a case in order to uh, warrant a mandatory injunction in favor of the nasl uh, due to them not meeting certain requirements that are necessary for a mandatory injunction well the nasl has filed an appeal as you would imagine that they would um, and now that hearing is scheduled to be december 11th per sources on twitter um, you know, At the end of the day, uh, I've spoken to some league officials, and I've spoken uh, to other team officials, and, and the idea is to play. But I guess the question here really becomes, well then, who are you going to play, and where are you going to play? And, and maybe not a question is where, but who are you going to play against? Because we've already seen a lot of the rumors of North Carolina FC going to USO, and you know what? More power to them. Uh, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Um, but with the other seven teams, especially with Edmonton kind of teeter-tottering as to maybe going to the Canadian Premiership or not um, and then you, of course you have San Diego and Cal United sitting there trying to figure out you know, what league they're going to play in, uh, in hmm. and how their role is and we haven't even talked about the sixth letter of intents that include Boca Raton FC just from up the road I mean guys, what do you think? Well, first and foremost what do you think Miami FC is going to be playing uh, their soccer next season if any?
1: I mean, I I hope the NASL figures out a way to survive, and um, I mean, from from what it always sounds like, is their Division Two or bust. So hopefully, some uh, some magic can spring out of court and them keep some sort of Division Two sanctioning, even if it's only temporary. Um, I I'm a strong believer of that. Their pretty much only other option is maybe like uh, or is NISA because. I think at this point, just with everything going on and uh, MLS and Beckham and everything and kind uh, the the U- uh, the USSF lawsuit going on with uh, Silva, I think that the USL probably is not an option for us or the cosmos so um, I'm guessing either NASL
2: or NISA um,
0: yeah Matt what do you think
2: I think and I have no legal or, you know, background knowledge of, of what will happen.
0: Not an attorney. He's not saying he's an attorney. He's not a practicing attorney. He's not a licensed yes. attorney. Go ahead.
2: Agreed. <laughs> do, do not take my legal <laughs> advice. I am not your legal counsel. Um, I, I, I will just go and say the league will be here next year. I think that something will happen Woo! in court. and Because this is the league that won't die. I mean, it's been we've been convinced this thing is going to die like three different so times over the last the decade. <laughs> yeah, it's a cockroach league, man. Like it, it refuses to go away, and there, you know, the refusal to grant the injunction hurts. But I mean, we were dead set certain last season that there wasn't going to be a this season. You know, we were pretty well certain, and and, and didn't really know what direction this was going to take. And now we're pretty much at the same spot. What reason is there for me to believe it's not dead until it's dead? Uh, I won't believe anything else otherwise until, you know, we get back to get through, May, you know, March, April or May and there's no NASL soccer. Um, you know, again, I'm not saying this because, oh, I think that actually the judge that's hearing the case believes blah, blah, blah. No, I'm just saying I I, I will not believe it until it happens, until I, we get through the 2018 year, you know, twelve, fourteen 14 months from now and there's no NASL soccer. Until that point, I won't believe it.
0: Okay. Uh, I guess a question for both of you guys. If USL comes to bat and they say, let, let's say worst case scenario happens uh, and the league falls apart and USL comes to Miami FC and Ricardo Silva and says, yes, you can play in our league, you know, if you choose to, does Miami FC go? Question
1: mark. Uh, I, do, I, I think that would depend on what the other owners want to do too because I think at that point um, – if the NASL does then collapse, then I think there's other owners also interested into not going into that model. So at that point you could talk to maybe, you know, Jacksonville Armada, talk to Robert Palmer, talk to the Cosmos, uh, maybe even FC Edmonton and the newcomers, and then try to s- talk to Peter Wilton, then swing a Nisa. Cause um, I think part of the reason that uh, Silva and maybe the Cosmos like kind of the NASL, approach to things uh, is because you kind of have free range over your operations. You know, you get to figure out your TV contracts. You get to figure out your kid sponsorship. Basically, you can earn money how you want to find money. And I think that's kind of one of the appealing things. So I think um, if that were an option, I think that would be discussed with the other teams, too. I think it would be dependent on bringing kind of some of the other NASL boys into it. I don't think we would uh, lone wolf it, but yeah, I think they would have to kind of band with those other owners. Because the other thing, too, is NISA hasn't put in their division sanctioning yet for 2018. They plan to start 2019, but then if the NASL collapses, then you're inheriting however many folded teams, you know? So it would be easier to get to start it off earlier. So it's it's kind of a, a weird scenario where they might be able to start in 2018, but um, if USL were to approach them, I think they would also look at that. So yes and no.
0: What what a time in the in a hypothetical world for David Beckham to be the the knight in shiny white armor to come in (laughs) and 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 put in a team amidst all this chaos and say, well MLS is starting next season. You know, granted we all have different perspectives on the MLS. Um, and and we do know that the Miami FC following does have different perspectives on the MLS, notably. Uh, but <laughs> it would be one hell of a time for an announcement to come out. But no, you will choose to continuously make announcements about his Adidas Predator shoe line more. Oh, God. What a thing.
1: dumb move. <laughs>
2: <laughs> one of my favorite things about this whole MLS uh, ordeal, this odyssey is that, like, the biggest thing to have happened in this whole thing, the thing that makes it most real that it's going to happen was, you know, Miami-Beckham United putting the down payment on the county-owned land. And they did it the day before Hurricane Irma made landfall in Florida. (laughs) Like, the news could not have been buried more. I remember I saw it. We were on the road leaving South Florida. We were in like Pensacola, and I saw uh, Doug Hanks, who's a reporter from Miami Herald, basically tweet, "Oh yeah, Beckham just put a down payment on this land. That that's what they needed to do to get this ball rolling." And I'm like, wait, are you? He did it today, or like you're just finding out about it? Or what? He's like, no, it happened today. Like, apparently there was a deadline or something they needed to hit. And I'm like, man, what? Like, how could you have buried that news anymore? Like, there's, it's, it's it was, it's impossible to bury it anymore. Everyone was. was you know shipping out of town or just not focused on that at all it's like why are you covering this up like you ought to be out in front of a mic and saying we're here we're doing it yes you know instead (laughs) it's just like literally the middle of the might as well be the middle of the night it was just crazy
0: let's start a timer let's start a countdown timer for that as well because notably, as we know, we're well over a 1,000 days now since the announcement of the <laughs> expansion club, I guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, since that's been announced and we had some people wearing some scarves holding soccer balls for a photo op. Uh, but we are now 54 days approximately since the down payment. And yet we have heard zero news uh, in the last 54 days. Um, there was some news that came out the other day that said that you know, there should be an announcement in the next few weeks. But then again, again in the next few weeks, we'll get an announcement saying that it'll be in the next few weeks. And so on and so forth. Um, do we have anything left to add other than the fact that Miami FC made a huge statement having Open Soccer on their kits during the final match of the season uh, in an effort, I guess in a, in a rally cry for a promotion relegation in the United States?
2: Um, Yeah, I I think that was interesting. I think the concept of open soccer is interesting. I think it definitely lost some of the pop that it could have considering (laughs) the team went out and lost just like, and I will point this out again, just like when this whole campaign was announced on the footsteps of the FC Cincinnati match and then that also was a big kind of distracted stinker. Like, I think the team does well by supporting this cause but maybe doesn't do well by pinning it to like major games and events because people are being pulled in different directions and we talked about last time I don't think that's the reason why Blake Smith's goal didn't go in an extra time but I do think that a team should have a one track focus on winning the you know what is in front of them and when you try to like tie these two things together even though it makes sense in terms of trying to get it draw attention to the cause maybe that's not the best thing again now we're 0 for 2 in big, 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 big games, oh uh, for two, it's maybe something. You know, assuming we continue with regular play next year, maybe something to reconsider. Um, but yeah, I did notice that.
0: Yes, unfortunately, two and zero in statements, but zero and two in those games. Uh, breaking news: yes. Nashville uh, has a city resolution passing so that the city would work with a potential team there in order to build a property for a stadium for possible MLS expansion. So Nashville may be slotting itself in as the fourth city, uh, including Miami and possibly Cincinnati and some others, uh, to work their way into MLS expansion. So congratulations to the soccer-loving fans of Nashville. Uh, guys, before And we...
2: somewhere... Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, God. I just completely blanked this. Somewhere, Senil Galati and... Uh, um, don garber just being salivating at the corner of their mouths yes because <laughs> uh, now there's another bid opening up and and the eyes grow a little bit wider yes absolutely
0: uh so on that note do we have anything left to add for this show
2: uh i do want to mention uh that fc kendall um have a really really big match coming up in a couple of weeks i mean i'm sure we'll be back um before then but if if we aren't if we kind of go into off-season mode and we do it once a month deal uh they are traveling to nashville uh if you uh if you go to magiccity.soccer if you've been there uh you've probably seen this story where they have a gofundme up and live where you can help um contribute um to their cause to get to the aforementioned nashville um to play and basically if they win that game they go they advance into the like actual first round the, the 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 proper level of uh you know the open cup where it, which actually is next year um and so you know I, I had a bit of a conversation with them on twitter about what they wanted to do and i'm like guys they, they, they were basically like oh thanks for pointing this out and i'm like we want more open cup games down here, and that's pretty much been an open statement of ours forever. It's yep. so like we have two open cup games, we want three. We have three, we want four. We <laughs> have four, we want five. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I was basically just letting them know, like we'll do whatever we can to help get more open cup soccer down here because it's a big passion of all of ours. Yes, um, they're they're up. I think they've got three hundred fifty bucks, um, which is better than nothing. And the U.S. Soccer Federation has announced they are going to help subsidize some cost of amateur teams traveling. Uh, for the Open Cup, but uh, you know, flights are expensive, hotels are expensive. So, uh, if, and if apparently, you
1: your boys, Christos, haven't been paid yes, yet. You beat me to it.
2: Oh really? Yes. Oh yeah. Fill me in on that, so please. So, FC are still
0: waiting. There, uh, I guess, winnings. fifteen thousand bucks, fifteen thousand dollars that the U.S. Soccer Federation has yet to pay them. Uh, Scroll through Twitter the other day and saw that come out. So, imagine for all this talk about subsidizing costs the the most notable lower division team uh in the u.s open cup last season have yet to be paid their winnings go figure
2: yeah so a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to wait for that money to come in uh to, to help pay for it you want to be able to take care of it now so yeah if you can if you can uh, manage to throw them a couple of uh, throw a couple bucks their way i'm sure that will help out uh, I got I got lot.
1: five on it, and then my buddy Mario put six, and as a comment, put "Ha ha, Drew sucks." So if <laughs> the next person wants to throw down seven and either put "Ha ha, Drew sucks" or "Ha ha, Mario sucks," it will be appreciated. Chain and we could keep doing that until it gets into the millions.
2: I I, like I think that's a fantastic idea. FC Kendall, <laughs> the next
0: the next MLS expansion bit. Um, yes, but yeah. See, other than that, uh, I think we're good to go. We might be back again as. Matt discussed to have an APSL roundup, or I guess a US Open Cup roundup with a couple APSL teams in South Florida scoring off in a county derby uh, for a spot in the US Open Cup as Kemba travels to Nashville in order to earn their spot at the US Open Cup um, but other than that uh, there's I don't think there's much else to report as soon as we find out whether or not Nesta and Poku are going to be going to the Montreal Impact, we will be sure to let you know uh, <laughs> but as for now as for now uh is is that it gentlemen i think it is
2: yeah i think we can bring this thing in for a landing
0: so bring it in for a landing sir assume the
2: controls open the flaps all right bring her down so uh bring her down that's my new catchphrase um (laughs) almar (laughs) um i don't know you said that strike me for some reason i'm gonna become a stand-up comic and that'll be my punchline um instead of get her done bring her down um (laughs) Omar, uh, thanks as always, sir. Yeah, I mean, you know
0: what? And I'm actually going to sabotage my own landing of the plane here, unfortunately, because I did want to know... Are you
2: taking the controls I, back? I am
0: taking the controls back briefly. Is this a mutiny? On the way down <laughs> from the press box, uh, I actually shared an elevator ride with Eric Ronalda and Commissioner oh, yeah. Segal. Uh, I was able to meet Eric Winalda and, and kind of, you know, pledge my support for his uh, USSF presidential campaign um, as most people know we don't have votes here as media members or as you know podcasters who follow the league, but we can pledge our support uh behind the nominee and my nominee uh or the person i will be supporting is eric winaldo 100 you know he is very aware of the issues uh i believe that he would be the person to steer uh you know the ussf back into the right direction um, we're we're far beyond the point of you see I'm taking too long I'm sorry but we're far beyond the point of player no. development being the issue I think player development was the issue uh, over the last eight years it, it no longer seems to be the case especially with the way that the youth teams have contributed this is just a time period where the senior squad will suffer because of the lack of development over the previous eight years that being said the person in charge to oversee all of that was Sunil Galati. So, this is my message to say that it's time for Sunil to go and it's time for Eric Winalda uh, to assume the controls at the USSF and uh, try to make American soccer rise to prominence.
2: Yeah, I definitely thought it was interesting um, that Winalda was out there um, on Sunday, you know, being hosted by the commissioner, presumably. We had a chance to meet with the commissioner actually at the Puerto Rico game. Um, and kind of talk with him a little bit about the league he's you know he's a, a south florida based guy he's you know um a dear to my heart and he's a liverpool fan uh you know had actually met him at a liverpool uh watch event at fado a couple of years back um and so yeah it's it's just it's it, it was interesting to have a conversation with him a lot of it will not be discussed here but just to, you know just kind of get a lay of the land and see where things stand and uh it, you know it seems that every former U.S. men's national team player is now running against Sunil Galati. Um, with the you know the introduction of Kyle Martino into the race um, today, um, it's going to be interesting. It, I, I have no real <laughs> sounds very pessimistic. I have no hope that Galati will lose, um, but I do think that there is a bit of a sea change on, uh, taking place where there are a number of prominent american soccer figures that are not just going along to get along now that they are seeing that there are cracks in the system and flaws in the system and that good enough is not good enough anymore and i think that ultimately even if that does not lead to galati being pushed out uh it it will force change you know you can only move the ball that to borrow across my sports references you you know you're moving it one yard at a time you're moving it just bit by bit by bit uh and so you know you, you change comes by people insisting that change comes and it may not change come quickly but it will come and it just requires that pressure and i think that pressure is starting to get dialed up on uh the federation and on mls a lot of the you know there no longer is it again can we just sustain we need to grow
0: insert drew's five second take here
2: bring her down (laughs) 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 all right so Oh, let's try this again omar thank you sir for joining <laughs> us tonight
0: no worries guys uh pleasure to be here we hopefully will be back before the u.s open cup matches in south florida
2: yes uh drew thank you sir
0: let's go deltas let's go deltas yeah, oh,
2: let's go freaking Fucking deltas man absolutely K, man, let's go hat trick behind him and let's do
0: this shit pfizer is gonna K, be man
2: hat man
0: bum, bum, you bum. need to make good with that engagement you need to win this game sir come on
2: Yes, I, I want the crowd loud and proud at Keysar. They should have, be, be fully decked out in uh, in Delta's uh, clothing and other apparel, <laughs> considering the, the last home game. So they should be loud and ready to go. Uh, Drew and Omar, thank you guys. Uh, until next time, uh, I've been Matthew Bunch. You can visit us at magiccity.soccer You can find us at Magic City Soccer on Twitter and Facebook.com slash shocker Magic City Soccer. Uh, You'll find all of our stuff there. And so until next time, go Miami FC in 2018 and beyond, hopefully, and go Miami Soccer.
0: Cosmos win 4-0.